0: all right welcome everyone to this week's episode of the great outside podcast i am here with hannah stonehouse hudson who is actually a new north dakota resident i believe as about three four months ago if i'm not mistaken
1: uh a month and a half
0: month and a half wow like not
1: even maybe that (laughs)
0: <laughs> well welcome to the great state of North Dakota. We uh, we sure are lucky to have you here and I know you've been talking about this for quite some time since I've known you and our friendship developed that you've always wanted to make the move here to to North Dakota, whether it was Devil's Lake or anywhere in between there.
1: Yes, yes. that is. Um, I fell in love with North Dakota, especially Devil's Lake uh, in 2012 and two years ago I was here for a speaking at a conference in Fargo for the North Dakota Tourism Association and i was like i'm going to live in fargo or north dakota someday and like 2 years later i'm here
0: <laughs> that that is wonderful wonderful no yeah. yeah we're we're lucky to have you here and i don't care whether it's the east part of the state west part of the state anywhere in north dakota i think is just a great place to live
1: yes yes i've fallen in love with it so i decided i would arrive <laughs>
0: <laughs> so going forward to that you know 2012 you made your first trip out to Devils Lake and kind of had it set in your mind that you wanted to move out here. Um, yes. I know you have visited Devils Lake many times in between there. Uh, first off I would like to just kind of get a little background history on you. Um, I know you're very active in the outdoors. Um, I know there's a couple of different groups you work with, especially with women anglers and stuff like that. So I would just kind of like to get a little history on that and your involvement in ice fishing and open water fishing and everything that, uh, kind of has that realm.
1: Okay. Well, it's, um, What's crazy is I did not grow up in a family that hunted or fished. I am the, we talk about recruiting women into the outdoors. I am one of those women. So I, we kayaked, we canoed, we hiked when I was growing up, but it was not, it wasn't anti-hunting or fishing, that just wasn't what we did. Um, And when I went to college at UW Madison in Wisconsin, and I took a class on folklore and I would drive to this class and every day I would see these guys out on the ice, like sitting on buckets on their like lunch hour with their camel hair coats on and their suits, like literally their suits. And I was fascinated by it. So for the class, I actually did a paper on the folklore of ice fishing. Cause I was just like fascinated by it. I'm from Illinois originally. I don't admit that to everyone. Um, But you know, in Illinois, in, in central Illinois, you stay off the ice. And so I was just Fascinated by it. I was like, I want to try that. And that was um, like 98, 99. And I, in the meantime, I graduated from school there and I discovered fly fishing because I had always been fascinated by that as well and never had a chance to learn it. So I went and I taught myself how to fly fish. So in 2004, um, I was in a little town called Bayfield, Wisconsin. Uh, The night before I was supposed to actually go back to see my parents, uh, down in Madison, about seven hours south of there, six hours south. And I kept hearing about this guy while I was there. I was there for about three weeks in Bayfield. Um, and I kept hearing that I needed to meet Jimmy the cop. Um, and, but he was never around because he was either fishing or he was on duty. So I used to speed through town in those three weeks, trying to get pulled over. (laughs)
0: Like literally
1: (laughs) trying to get pulled over by this guy because for some reason I knew I needed to meet him. So uh, the night before I was supposed to leave to go back to my parents, uh, this, this guy walks up and I knew immediately I was going to marry him. And it was Jimmy the Cup, <laughs> who within five seconds, it felt like talking, um, we started talking about fishing and he said, you like to fish? And his eyes got absolutely huge. And a month later, I bought him a smoker craft, Malintia, like not a cheap one, a brand new 2004 smoker craft. And my mother called me screeching. She couldn't believe I'd bought some boy a boat. And i called that our wedding date, but we actually got married um, about a year later. And so I dropped everything, moved to Bayfield, Wisconsin, and helped my husband Uh, build his guide service. So he took me ice fishing for the first time in December of 2004, end of November, December of 2004. And I absolutely fell in love with ice fishing. I just became not, for lack of a better word, hooked as much as I hate (laughs) using that. Um, But so he, on Lake Superior, he was born and raised Red Cliff Reservation. His grandpa taught him to fish. His relatives taught him to fish. And so he created the guide service and taught me all about the lake and Lake Superior. So I am extremely spoiled and learned from a guy who really uh, was an amazing angler. And he taught me all about it. And I ended up not, I would ice fish a lot and really loved it, but I actually grew a photography business and ended up being a, behind the camera a lot. So there's not many people, not many pictures of me ice fishing until about 2014. like 14. It's because I was always behind the camera and I did a lot of work for clam for Vexlar, for Jiffy, for, um, for strike master, all different companies and had a lot of fun doing it. But I spent a lot of time behind the camera. As you know, you do the same thing. Like there's a lot of the time where you're just, you're behind the camera and can't actually fish. Yep. So, um, I got to ice fish, and I got to learn to ice fish from Jim, and the first time I ever went to Devil's Lake was in 2012, which is, that's what my background is. <laughs> this is what I use for my, my Zoom background, because I, so my family lives all over the world, and my cousins live in Melbourne, Australia, and I had told them that I had moved to North Dakota, and they were like, why did you move to North Dakota? So we had a family zoom call uh, on Easter and I put up the devil's lake as my background to be like, it's ice. And they think I'm crazy. How much I love to ice fish. They're like, we have no idea where you came from. My mother doesn't know where I came from. She's like, nobody in my, in our family likes to do this. Um, But so that's why I had the background at devil's lake. So that was 2012 and we were uh, filming a show for the next bite. So it was Jim, Myself, um, Gary Parsons, Keith Kvyat, Jason Mitchell was on it. There's a bunch of people on it. And so I absolutely fell in love with Devils. Like I fell in love with North Dakota. I remember driving at the high rate of speed down the highway and like looking around going, oh, this is so cool. It's just flat, beautiful. The sunsets were amazing. And then we were fishing and I got like fishing over structure is one of my favorite things to do. Just seeing how fish behave, where they are what what things are around. And Devil's Lake for that is amazing. Absolutely amazing. Like you have yeah, like barns and stuff. I mean, it's it's good for people like me who have massive ADD and just want to go see cool stuff. <laughs> so that's when I first fell in love with Devil's Lake. We shot a show there for the next fight. Um, I got some great photos and um, I had always wanted to return And in 2013, um, my husband passed away unexpectedly. Um, and, uh, he was guiding clients on Lake Superior and, um, his snowmobile went through and he did pass away while he was ice fishing. And I knew it was an accident. And I knew that I had been given this amazing knowledge about ice fishing, about Lake Superior. And I decided that I was going to put down my camera and except for various instances. And I was going to use the knowledge that he gave me to ice fish as much as I could. And so I have been traveling all over the place um, during projects, uh, you know, fishing as much as I can, t- teaching people to really embrace life, that life is short and go in, and go fish, be outside, do really cool things. So um, that's how I fell in love with ice fishing. And now really that's all I do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that that is very fascinating and i love that story and i i know you know thinking to a lot of youngsters um women even guys like the the biggest thing like you said is not so much anti hunting or fishing it's just that barrier of you don't grow up in the the outdoors so you don't have right. the access the accessibility to some of the stuff that the people that get that tradition passed on so it's you know, it's something you don't see. And I know a lot of these movements and stuff going on right now to help get people introduced into the whether it's ice fishing or open water fishing or fly fishing is really, really neat. And I'm really curious how you self taught yourself to fly fish because I have a fly rod and I've been practicing (laughs) on bluegills the last couple summers. And I swear every fourth, fifth cast, I'm catching a tree or hooking the dock or you know, the rocks in the shore, like it's that is a tough, tough thing to learn. So Oh, yeah, it's it's
1: Um, it is, it's very difficult to learn and I spend a lot of time cussing. So, (laughs) and I fell in love with fly fishing for muskie, which is one of my favorite things to do in the whole world. And they are just, they like to flip me off and say no. So
0: (laughs) we were up in Alaska back in uh, beginning of July and we were on the, the up in King salmon, the Naknek river, and we were fishing for uh, sockeyes. And that was the most challenging fly fishing like you literally have a split shot on your on your line with a bear hook and you're trying to get these as they're swimming upstream and they're just swimming by you by the thousands and you're thinking what am i doing wrong i can't get them but when you do hook a fish like that whether it's eight ten pounds on a fly rod it's you better hold on it's the ride of your life for i i can get why people want to catch fish with a fly rod especially musky oh
1: Oh, yeah it's crazy i've caught steelhead i've caught all kinds of crazy stuff and it's just it's just a lot of fun it's uh, good for people who like adrenaline, like myself.
0: <laughs> yes, and I know a few guys in Devil's Lake have started to do this in the spring with uh, the pike and walleye, and you know, I think okay. it's, a, it's an art that is definitely gonna be something up and coming in the next couple of years where everyone's trying to do something different. I, I wanna say fly fishing in the walleye world might be a, a new thing that we'll start to see a little more.
1: Oh yeah, I've caught a couple walleye on a fly rod, and I'm hoping to do that this spring and summer. Um, I haven't specifically targeted them. However, I have a feeling that I might have to go do that, especially with what's going on right now. I have to get outside or else I'm going to lose my mind.
0: Oh, (laughs) absolutely. And that's kind of the reason we started doing this podcast for those that haven't listened to the previous ones we've done. You know, we're just up here in Devils Lake trying to, you know, get people in a mind frame to think about just, you know, the outdoors. And I know in previous podcasts, I've talked to people about how I probably wouldn't be the person I am without the outdoors. I mean, it's Even just, you know, taking a stroll along the river, um, going for a couple hour hike or doing a little shed hunting, it just puts your mind back at ease and kind of gives you that mental reset that we're so often needing in times like this. Um, I know you mentioned you, the life is short movement. Is that something you have started recently? I know I've seen a little bit on that on social media and I was kind of curious to learn a little bit more on that because people always tell me I'm a pretty optimistic person. I feel like this is something that would be right up my alley.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. So I there's a couple things that I, um, over the past seven years since my husband passed away, I have met all kinds of interesting people with interesting stories who had crazy, very good and very bad things happen in their lives. And they um, decided to embrace the fact that life is short and that you should go find some sort of adventure, whether it's something that just pushes your limits, it's travel, it's fishing, it's learning a new skill, whatever it is. You should, it, life is too short to just sit back and take it. You should go do interesting things, meet interesting people. So I, in, last fall, I decided to start this thing called the Life is Short Movement. And actually our first road trip uh, was to, uh, was with Pat Calmerton and everybody from Wolfpack Adventures. And we went from the, the St. Paul Eye Show, Fish Devil's Lake with you guys. Um, didn't catch a whole lot of fish because it was really freaking cold, um, <laughs> which is fine. Whatever, it's about the adventure. Uh, and then we, um, and then we went to the Fargo show, which is where I decided I was going to move to Fargo. <laughs> Literally, I looked for jobs in the hotel room in Fargo. <laughs> but I digress. So lifeisshortmovement Life dot com is my is my site where I I talk about some of the things that that happen when you really embrace that. The other thing I talk about is what are the lessons you learned? So we're all given lessons from people who surround us who pass on. I talked about Jim and the fact that he taught me about Lake Superior. He taught me about ice fishing. So you don't have to forget just because a person is gone. You don't have to get rid of that information. You're given that in order to pass it on, and we talked about teaching women and kids to fish. I, one of the most amazing things that I love to do is teach other people about the outdoors. The outdoors saved me. The outdoors saved my life. The outdoors keeps me sane. And so, whether it's with Women on Ice, which is the program that I do with um, with Barb Carey, who started that, and I'm hoping at some point we'll get to Devil's Lake for one of our one of our trips but it's teaching women about ice fishing because a lot of the time women are interested in ice fishing or hunting or any of these things but they don't feel like they have someone who can teach them how to do it or they're intimidated and they they shouldn't be because there's many of us like myself I I know about fish structure and I know about where fish are but hell if I know what line to use or like, like, that's not what I don't care. I just want to catch fish. So um, there's other women who are better at those things and I can look to them for a resource. And so we have women on ice where we have this collective knowledge, women anglers in Minnesota, which is an amazing organization. Um, Wisconsin women fish. It's these groups that we share knowledge. We're all very good at something and we share that knowledge. And I was very lucky to have that. So I was taught these things, and I don't only just teach women to fish and and work with women. There's all these um, youth organizations, one of them is called Hooked on Hardwater. So, and that one is actually in Rapid City, South Dakota. And that is where I really, truly discovered on this trip that I um, had been given knowledge by a guy who was raised by an awesome single mom, who I love to call a friend now, who was taught to fish by her by his grandpa, by the local warden who basically adopted Jim. And they taught him how to fish. So then he taught me. And then two years ago, three years ago, I was there as an ice fishing pro, which makes me laugh. Um, and you, you get hooked up with a kid every time um, that every pro gets hooked up with a kid to fish at this event. And this kid walks up to me and says, Hi. I hear you're going to teach me to fish. And um, I am so intimidated by this, like, seven-year-old. It's ridiculous. <laughs> he might have been eight. I couldn't tell. <laughs> but he wa- and he's like, so uh, they told me that you would keep me safe. I'm like, what are you talking about? Well, I've, I've been really scared to go ice fishing because I know it can be dangerous. And I'm like, okay, this kid has been sent to me for a reason. So we mm-hmm. start talking. I said, what's, what's your name? It's James. He said, oh, I knew someone named James who loved to ice fish. And he said, wait a minute. When's your birthday? January 26th. January 26th is the day that Jim had passed away. So I'm talking to this really cool kid who is afraid, who has decided that he's going to talk to me about his fears. And like, but he really wants to go ice fishing. And I realized, like, this kid has been given to me for a reason. So I, the next day... I take him out on the ice and I'm teaching him how to use the Bexler. I'm teaching him all of this really cool stuff that my husband taught me because other people took time in their life to teach him and I am having a blast. And at that moment, I realized that we may not know it in the moment when we're being taught something that we're going to teach someone else, but we should always go through life going, okay, these people were in our lives for a reason. They were in it for a short time. What's the knowledge that I can take from them to pass on to other people? And it may not be, you might not know it at the time that that's going to happen, but don't, we can miss people and want them to be in our lives, but they leave. So what is, what is, have we been given to pass on to other people? And for me, that's been the outdoors, especially ice fishing, because I truly believe it's extremely important to mental health to be outside. It's very important for kids to be able to be outside and having fun and not stuck in front of a device. Um, And it's really important for women to get together and not feel intimidated like they can't ask because we are at our best when we're helping others. So I've had all these really interesting things happen in my life and I've been really blessed with people who have shown me the way. And now I'm really excited to help others, but also at the same time, learn. So
0: that,
1: been, that is the long explanation of the life is short moment.
0: <laughs> oh, that is great. That, that story just kind of put chills up my back. And I think every hair in my back just stood up saying that, that, that his birthday was the same day that, uh, the accident happened with jim so no that was great um yeah. it made me think about a little bit with that hooked on hard water or something similar not quite similar but what we do in devil's lake we have uh and maybe you heard of our shiver fest we have up here in yeah. february and we have a kids ice fishing tournament that our local fire department um the tourism we have a few sponsors that help us with this event every year and it's a great tool because we get the fire department out there and they drill probably like 500 holes or so three to five hundred and for ten dollars any Anyone under the age of 16 can get an ice fishing ticket, and they come in, they get a starter pack, they get a rod and reel, they get some jigs, they get a couple different things. They get a minnow scooper, minnow bucket, um, they get entered into a couple oh, awesome. different drawings. But it's just a great way for a lot of kids that don't have the ability to get outside on the ice in the winter, even though they have this resource right out their back door. And I think it's a good way to right. give them that entry into there. And even talking about passing it on, I mean, I've learned this. Open water fishing, there's a lot to learn, but I think ice fishing has so much more um, technologies that go to it, whether it's, you know, why aren't we moving and why are we waiting? You know, how do we attack when we can only fish a a 10-inch, 8-inch hole here? We don't have, we can't fan cast around. And so even sometimes it seems like the simplest of things that we, we as fishermen think in our head that why that's, you should know that. But yet there's a ton of people that you say something. They're like, I never even thought of it that way. And so I think passing it on and just always learning and always teaching is part of our industry as a, as a whole.
1: Yeah. And I think that might be why I have been so happy in the industry is because it is very collaborative and there's so many different ways to do so many things um, that you can always learn something. And that suits my brain.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So um, you know, you're talking about the, I want to say you had the woman Anglers of Minnesota. What was the Woman on Ice? Was that the other one yep. you were saying? That is that something you guys do yearly? Is there a tri- yep. I, I, yeah? I think you know you do. Was it Malax? No, not Malax. Where uh, were you guys we at did, this year?
1: Uh, Minnetonka. Okay. So we've done Lake of the Woods, Ottertail um, County, uh, Malax, Minnetonka, Lake Superior, um, and I. I really want to go to Devil's Lake at some point. Um, I may just lead a trip. <laughs> without, without those, because now I live here and I can. Yep. Um, but uh, so the two women's groups are women anglers in Minnesota and uh, Wisconsin women fish. And then there's one in Ontario, which I can't, there's the three, those are the three. Um, but all three of us have members from all over. And then women on ice is actually a yearly media event. So every year we pick a spot to go. And we we basically create po- positive images of women fishing, whether it's for catalogs, billboards, um, uh, magazines, whatever it is. And we've been in USA Today. We've been in um, uh, Country Woman, like all over the place. We had stuff in Gander Mountain when Gander Mountain was around. Um, and basically all over the place. So it became originally um, just a, a small project to – take photos of positive, positive images of women ice fishing, and it's grown into something way bigger. So that's been a lot of fun for me.
0: Oh, that is great. No, I think there might be a possibility in the future where we'll have you guys up here in devil's Lake. And I think that'd be a lot of fun. You know, it's great when you get a lot of people, a lot of like-minded people, and especially when it's something newer and all that, that it's innovative. I think that would be a a win-win for all in that department.
1: Yeah, I think it'd be great. I really, I'm, I'm very much looking. I'm always sad when the ice goes out. <laughs> I, if uh, I could be ice all the time, or like some fallish weather and then ice all the time, I'm one of those crazy people. Um, but I'm really excited to be so much closer to Devil's Lake uh, this winter. It's gonna be awesome.
0: Heck, you're you're what two and a half, three hours away now. So you can make day yeah. trips up there if you really want to. And oh yeah. yeah i can
1: just get in my car i call it the ice fishing gti (laughs) i can just keep going it's always like 20 trucks and then my little (laughs) volkswagen gti with snow tires on it and i'm notorious for going on red lake like because i can get on the access there and i'll have the sunroof open and like music blasting and they'll know it's my car because i'm just like sweeping around the curves
0: (laughs) oh that's funny so yeah. this winter, you're saying if I see a Volkswagen GTI cruising around the, the ice on Devils Lake, it's more than likely going to be you.
1: It, it, it probably will be me. And the sunroof will be open and the heated seats will be on. So it'll be perfect.
0: That is making the most of it right there. That is surely a life is short. Like, let's, yeah. let's enjoy it. Let's have fun. and
1: yes. so I, I can't, I, Go ahead. Oh, no. I was going to say, I just basically do what I want and then just go with it. <laughs>
0: as long as you can fit a couple of long rods in there. So when you drive up and you can get a little shore fishing in and you're, yep. you're golden and set. Um, yep. so 2012 was the first time you came, yep. how, how roughly on your hand, how many times do you think you've been to devil's lake in the last eight years now?
1: Four or five, Four not or five. as much as I'd like. Um, I went, uh, there was like ice team university was there, I think. Um, and then I did a couple photo shoots there the um another show but yeah not as much as i would like so and i've never been there for open water i've only been there for
0: ice fishing well i think that's going to change here sometime in the near future
1: yes i think uh we need another wolf pack uh, life is short movement
0: oh absolutely that was yes. that was a fun trip and i <laughs> for those that are listening in right now you can go to our youtube channel and we have actually i want to say it was a three-part series we did on that we called yeah. it have boots will travel and yeah. that was, like you said, we went from the St. Paul Ice Show, which we spent three and a half, four days there, talked ice fishing and drove back up to Devil's Lake and spent two and a half, three days wandering around the early ice bite. And our whole premise of that show was to prove to people that, you know what, sometimes it just take a step back and whatever you can throw in your sled and you can hike in, whether it's yep. 50 yards or half mile or a mile from shore, you can still get on good fishing. And it was brutally cold those first couple of days. I remember we <laughs> we walked out and set the shelters out and pat and a couple of the other guys went and drilled holes and kind of hopped around outside and we sat inside in the tent and didn't really venture too far and i had the camera and it it was it was a chilly one
1: yes it was definitely cold and it was really funny because i have been so used to being the photographer for so long for ice fishing stuff that i felt really bad for you
0: (laughs) i think i never (laughs) was just
1: sort of like "Mm, i'm not in charge
0: I think I remember at one time you're like, I don't even know what to do because I'm not the one with the camera in my hand. I get to fish.
1: Yeah. I was like, I get to fish except there's no fish. So, (laughs) Oh, I'll take photos with my phone. And then it died.
0: (laughs) Oh No, that was, that was a fun trip. And I mean, that this talking with a lot of people on different outdoor stories. I mean, that's most of the reason I do the hunting and fishing that I do is right there. It's just the memories like that. I mean, Catching a fish is great and it's a nice bonus, but at the end of the day, if you're out there with good company, um, you're having a good time, the camaraderie, the stories you tell, like you know how many times you sit around a campfire and you can reminisce on these or sit around having a shore lunch. just It's it's truly remarkable what the outdoors does.
1: Oh yeah. It has given me the most amazing friendships. Fishing is the whole fishing industry, the whole fishing world. Those are my people that is those are where my friendships come from. That's where I call the ice fishing season social season because you get to just stand around and talk to each other while you're fishing, and that's the best part of it.
0: It really is. And like when we go to these shows, like the St. Paul Ice Fishing Show, the Fargo Show, um, if we go to anywhere, as you can hear my dog barking in the background there. Um, oh, well, you know, Stewie
1: what? is over here trying to get on.
0: yeah <laughs> <park. laughs> uh, they're they're just a part of the family. But anywhere exactly. you know, like the the Madison show, all these shows, it's just like a family mm-hmm. reunion when you go to them because you see people, you know, sometimes it's only once a year. Sometimes it's three, four different shows you see them and it's just like a big family gathering again. And I think it's, it does build yeah. some really amazing friendships and relationships in this industry.
1: Oh, for sure. Definitely. Th- these are my people.
0: And I know you are uh, also a really renowned photographer and I believe you had a photo in which, you know, it's kind of a, maybe a little bit off topic from the outdoors, but I just wanted to kind of see the story I remember there was a dog I want to say was it in Lake Superior um, that you had photographed and it became pretty popular and I think that uh, whole story was a pretty unique um, and interesting thing to hear about.
1: So that's what was crazy so I had told so um, shortly after my first uh, trip to Devil's Lake I, I had been a wedding photographer for a very long time and I had told Jim I was like I am so burnt out from weddings I want to take photos of dogs for the rest of my life. And he just laughed and me. He's like, yeah, right. Okay. Uh, whatever, lady. Because we lived in a town of like 250 people, 300 tops. It's like something really weird will have to happen in order for you to take photos of dogs for the rest of your life. And in uh, August, well, late July 2012, I ended up, I took a photo of a gentleman and his dog in Lake Superior um, that where the dog was 18 years old, 17 years old. Um and would fall asleep in his arms every uh, night in Lake Superior. He would get him in the water, and it would soothe his arthritis, the dog's arthritis. And it ended up being, the Huffington Post called it at the time the most viral photo of all time. And it was crazy. My life blew up. Uh, the gentleman I took photos of didn't have internet, so I was the person who um, was basically the the go-between. And my, my voicemail would fill up, like uh, – four or five times a day, um, people would drive eight or nine hours and walk into my house without knocking, looking for this guy. And it was, I mean, I was on good morning America, the today show, all kinds of crazy stuff. And I ended up taking photos of dogs for the rest of my life. (laughs) I still take photos of dogs. I'm actually really excited this fall. I love doing hunting dog photos. Um, And I have a bunch of clients who are up in Northern Minnesota and they just found out that I've moved up here. So I have a bunch of like grouse and woodcock sessions and hopefully I'll get out and do some pheasant stuff with some dogs, some hunters um, this fall too. So yes, it was crazy. We ended up raising $80,000 for a nonprofit that ended up buying a bunch of stuff for animal shelters. It was just, it was crazy. And really good things happened from it. And then um, I, uh, for our, 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 a long time now well I guess it's eight years now I speak to people about handing handling the internet in um, tragic and uh, tragic circumstances uh, in conflict which we're dealing with right now uh, but really because that photo and the craziness that happened with that and then my husband passing away shortly after that and that going viral as well so I had a crazy amount of knowledge from two very different life events that I ended up turning into a speaking career so I could really help people deal with the internet when bad things happen. Uh, And that's, I've been doing a little bit of speaking now just on the internet, um, helping some organizations deal with what's going on now. But it's definitely an interesting time, which is really why I am very glad to be where I am.
0: Yes. And that's wonderful that you guys were able to raise about $80,000 for a nonprofit, you know, that is speaks volumes. And, you know, I believe that was the I want to say the breakout session you did at the tourism conference two years ago in Fargo was on that. And I was in attendance for that one. And I know one of them that was either the same or similar at the Aglow conference uh, as well. And for, I'm going to give you a little plug here. For anyone that has the opportunity to listen to Hannah, it's definitely worth your time. It was, it was very well received and I think it was very well worth the time to sit down and listen to it. You, you can learn so much from it. And you know, with social media these days, things can take a turn one direction or the other so quickly and you have a great way to kind of implement plans and lay things out and how to handle situations. And I I definitely would say anyone listening that has the opportunity to go to one of Hannah's speaking seminars or listening on a a virtual one, definitely do it.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that immensely.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. No, it was great. And I want to say there wasn't very many uh, dry eyes by the end of it either because it's a very touching thing, but it's also very informative.
1: Thank you. I just I want people to be prepared and and to be able to deal with life when something weird happens. So.
0: absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, so I I also want to kind of see if you had any interesting, unique, funny stories from your couple of your travels up to Devils Lake that you could remember off the top of your head. I know traveling with Pat Kelmerton. there's probably quite a few. I want to say you um, guys had a little thing going this year with the uh, Life is Short movement. I want to say. I forget something with Hannah, because you guys always had to stop at coffee shops wherever you guys were. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, I'm notorious for needing caffeine, massive amounts of caffeine. And we were with uh, Pat and his dad, um, and uh, um, <laughs> I ended up making them drive like 10 miles out of the way for, uh, for coffee. And I made them stop like every day for caffeine, but it's really the only way that I can function. And I am, a, un, uh, and it's hard to be around me if I hadn't, haven't had coffee. So I'm notorious for walking around in my ice fishing gear and having iced coffee at the same time. And it'll be like negative 30. They're, do, they shot a, um, they're working on a short documentary about me, which I think is hilarious that I've even saying that. And they were filming me a couple years ago, and I had – it was negative 20, and I had an iced coffee in my hand, which is also in this, by the way. Um, and I'm walking down the, the street sipping iced coffee, like, and then getting on a snowmobile, a snowmobile with a glove, with an iced coffee going, and, like, literally it never left my hand. So I have to have coffee, iced coffee, even while ice fishing in negative negative.
0: Oh, I love it. I, I'm a big coffee connoisseur, and I know – you know, I, I don't drink a lot of iced coffee in the winter. I will when it's about 80, 90 degrees, which 90 degrees in North Dakota is maybe once or twice a summer. But I love coffee, and I'm with you on that 100%. Did you happen to sneak in any of the coffee shops in Devil's Lake when when you were up this last winter?
1: No. Oh, no. I was super bummed, super bummed. I tried to because w- we went to the, the hardware store, and then there's a there's coffee shop down the street or, like, down the little...
0: Yeah, so but uh, i was
1: told that we needed to move quickly
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's coffee or fishing yeah the fish are yeah. waiting for us so we will get coffee yeah, later. and i
1: was like okay that's fine whatever
0: <laughs> yeah no we've got a couple unique shops in devil's Lake. we've got the one you're referring to there right at the city plaza where ace Hardware is, okay. is uh dunn brothers yes and then we've got the liquid bean downtown we've got north dakota coffee connection drive through we have crossroads coffee um so yeah there's quite a few spots in there so when you are traveling up to Devil, devil's lake in the next couple of years here whether it's wintertime, summertime, there'll be a couple places you're gonna have to put on your list to check out when you do swing through.
1: Oh yes, I will definitely I'm hoping to be there sooner rather than later. I, I we'll hope see so what too. happens. <laughs> yes.
0: No, I do too. I was gonna touch yeah. base here and see if there was anything else that we uh anything else you could think of offhand that maybe some in- listeners would find interesting to learn about or
1: I can't think. That's horrible. I can't think of it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I feel really dumb right now.
0: Oh, don't feel that way. It's, I think all of our minds, by the time this is all done, we're going to all be ready for like three weeks of fishing just nonstop to get back oh. to normalcy.
1: Yes, I'm like, de- I'm desperate for water time. So hopefully I can find something good.
0: Water <laughs> water, and camping.
1: Yes hmm I just need to go like look at fish playing in the water. That's Ugh. basically what I need to do.
0: And seeing pictures of fish being caught right now just gets me antsy and I just I want to be out there yeah. catching and then
1: Twitch, twitch, twitch. Yep. That is me.
0: Oh, but it's mm-hmm. all good stuff.
1: Yes. For sure. Yes. But I can't think of anything else. I feel really bad. Sorry.
0: Nope. That is quite I've a been high-
1: writing all day.
0: That's okay. I've been working on some videos and, uh, this was a nice little thing to end the day with. So like I said, we'll be having this air here soon. And anyone following in, I, I suggest following Hannah on social media because she keeps some pretty good entertaining things on there. I like yes, your, your I, ice cream comments for breakfast and having a, oh yeah. making a full pot of coffee at five thirty. and it wasn't a great, like it's, I, I yeah. always get a good chuckle out of everything you have on, on Facebook. And it's,
1: I do not make the best, uh, Food choices like I live by myself I'm basically ridiculous I eat ice cream directly from the container um, and I just spray whipped cream directly in my mouth rather than taking the <laughs> step of putting it in a bowl because I don't have to deal with anyone in dishes I just take care of myself
0: <laughs> hey I, I I don't see anything wrong with that less dishes um, less chance for that ice cream to fall off your spoon and when it's going into a bowl and fall right? on the floor or wherever it may end up. So I I like your style, Hannah.
1: Yeah, I'm being responsible with water usage. (laughs) Less
0: dishes. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, if there's nothing else to add, we'll probably just kind of wrap up here. And uh, everyone, again, I want to thank Hannah here, Hannah Stone Hudson for joining me on zoom today for our podcast for the great outside. Um, Like I said, follow her on social media. She is hilarious. She is very well-spoken. Uh, like I said, if you get the opportunity to take in any of her seminar classes, definitely do it. You won't regret it. I know I never regretted it. And I, if I have the opportunity to attend another one, Hannah, I definitely will be.
1: Well, thank you very much.
0: And hopefully it won't be long and we'll be fishing uh, on the shores yes. of Devil's Lake and maybe having a nice little uh, shore lunch and fresh
1: walleye. Mmm, Sounds delicious.
0: So thanks again for joining me, Hannah. I really appreciate it. And uh, until next time, stay safe down there in Fargo, and we'll be thinking about you up here in Devil's Lake.
1: Thank you. See you soon.
0: Thanks, Hannah.